Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and welcome back to the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 493, Overhauling Your Digital Junk Drawer, How to Organize Everything That Matters. Good morning, and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll break down why the cloud is not your friend, how to clean up your digital life, and I'll share an update to the weekly review process that I outlined recently on the show. Let's get to it. Your digital junk is exponentially worse than you think. You know, the problem with the cloud is that it's in the cloud. Remember the last time you looked into your junk drawer or your spare closet or garage and you saw a huge mess? Well, the good news is that all of those spaces are limited, but the cloud is not. If you want to organize your life, your digital world has to be part of that process. And so on the show this week, we're going to overhaul your digital junk drawer. We're going to discuss how to organize everything that matters. And I want to use a counterexample right away. (laughs) The counterexample is a story that I think I've told on the show before, but one that's extremely important and relevant to this conversation. So I just gave the example of looking into a junk drawer, looking at a spare closet, looking in your garage, your storage bin, wherever it is you keep your junk. And you physically can see all this stuff. Well, the cloud has this exponential ability to store things that you can't see. But sometimes you can. So I was giving a speech years ago in front of an audience talking about my desktop zero concept, where I keep the desktop of my computer, as well as my physical desktop space on my desk, clear as much as I possibly can. So while I'm working on a project, I will have the materials I need out, whether digitally or physically or both. I will have the things I need available. I will do the work. And then when the work is completed, I put it all away. So I clean up. Everything belongs somewhere. And that somewhere it belongs is not on my desktop, digital or physical. So I was giving this speech, uh, discussing this concept. It's one that, you know, if you're an organized freak like I am, it sounds totally normal. This is your regular everyday life, getting to zero in your inbox or on your desktop. No big deal. You've got that managed. Or you're the kind of person who thinks people like me are crazy. (laughs) You think organized people like me are too OCD, too type A. It's just too much. And so this woman who was in the audience showed me her computer screen. And the desktop was littered with stuff. We're talking hundreds and hundreds, maybe even over a thousand files right there on her desktop. It was just, I was overwhelmed with with stress. It was just too much for me to see. I just, I couldn't handle the mess that she was living in each and every day. It was horrendous. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't really figure out how to even approach what to do with that. But that's the point of the episode this week is that you may have a a digital space, a physical space that looks like that, where it's just the norm for you. This is just how you tend to operate. And I'm going to make the argument that that's not ideal. 
Shocker. That's not what I want to do with my life. And I would argue that for you, you'll get better results if things are cleaner, more organized, and don't have that sense of just, wow, what is this? Because that's a problem. You know, that was my response to this woman's computer. And I have, I've used that example for so long because I can't seem to get past what that is. But that's why this is so important. We all have spaces like this. Even if you're the most organized person on planet Earth, you have something in your life that's probably a hot mess. Whether it's a junk drawer, a closet, a garage, whatever the space is, there's something that's a mess. So the question becomes, what do we do with that? Uh, Part of my response this week is going to be that you can actually ignore that stuff for a while. There's not an obligation to clean and organize everything 24-7. That's where the inbox zero concept kind of goes haywire. Uh, My wife, uh, Tessa, has been on this podcast discussing this before, where she has this real hang-up with inbox zero. Tessa believes, which is true, that if you take the inbox zero concept to the fullest extent of what that term really is arguing— you're going to try to achieve inbox zero 24-7. So after every single email that shows up, you process it to get back to zero immediately. And you have to always check your email all the time because you need to be at zero constantly. And of course, that's not the right, that's not the point of the concept. That's not the goal. Our goal is not to panic about being at zero in whatever space we're talking about all the time. It's an insane way to live. Instead, what we're talking about here is a more rational approach to real life, to acknowledging that there is a creative, messy element that is good and helpful and part of the process, and then there's an organizational system that is also good and part of the process to rein in the chaos when it's needed. And the balance of life is struck somewhere between these two extremes, that we're not always going to be a big, hot mess, and we're not going to be so OCD that everything is spotlessly clean 24-7. Neither one of those is ideal. Both of them have their advantages on occasion, but we live somewhere in the middle and we kind of fluctuate back and forth between which one we value and which one we don't. So the point of the episode this week is not to force you to live like me or to organize your life like I do. The point is to be intentional, to assess where you are and make an intentional choice about where your messes are according to you. It's a very subjective opinion. You know, you can walk into my garage right now, and my house is a good example. The garage in my house is effectively my storage bin. It's where most of my stuff just ends up. It's actually fairly well organized, but if you're not me, if you're you, and you walk in and see what I am calling organized, it doesn't look organized at all. It looks pretty messy, but I know where it all is. I know why it's all where it is. So part of this is extremely subjective because we all make our own decisions on what we think is clean and organized, what we think is effective for us. And so once again, this question of being intentional is really a question of, is there a more intentional approach that is better for me, right? That I can incorporate some ideas I learned from someone else and bring those together with my current system and produce something that aligns to the way I want to live that gives me the clarity and organization that I want and also the messy, creative, just kind of haphazardness of daily life that's a little more flexible, has a little more freedom based into it. So that's the very long-winded approach to what this is all about. So now let's go back to that concept before of why the cloud itself is not your friend. The cloud is not your friend 
because a friend knows when to stop you. (laughs) A friend knows when to tell you no. And the cloud definitely does not tell you no unless you have a very small cloud account, in which case you might max that out very quickly. But most cloud services these days offer so much potential storage room, it's just, it's going to be difficult to max out your account. Now, if you're on a free account somewhere, you might max it out sooner. But any paid service, even the most basic level, I'll use a good example here, my Google Workspace account that I use for my business the default smallest account option that's I think I pay $13 a month right now for $13 a month, I get two terabytes of, of cloud space. Now that includes emails and my digital files as well. It's all encompassing, but I get two terabytes of space for a single account. That's an absurd amount of data, right? I only use about 18% of that space right now. 18%, and that includes my entire podcast catalog, my video files, everything that I do in my business, and I'm only using a tiny fraction of the basic first-level, entry-level account, which means if I paid more money, I would have more storage space, and this cloud potential just expands further and further to the point of insanity because I definitely don't need that much space, not physically locally on my hard drives and definitely not in the cloud in some random service. The cloud is not your friend because the cloud is just going to give you access to more of the thing you don't need. Because likely what you need is a system. Likely what you need are some rules, some guidelines, some you know filters and factors to say, here are the boundaries. Here's the stopping point. Here's what's going to rein you in to do the thing that matters and then stop. Hit the wall and stop. Your physical junk drawer has a maximum size. Like the drawer is not going to grow bigger. Your stuff's just going to pour out of it, right? Your garage, your storage bin, your spare closet, they all have physical limitations. And the cloud just doesn't have those things. So our goal is to treat the cloud like a physical box that you have to carry. So here's the metaphor here. The cloud is a physical, actual, let's call it a cardboard box that you have to carry. So it can't be too big or you're not going to be able to lift it. It also can't be overflowing or you're not going to be able to hold everything at once. What it can have is unlimited storage capacity, but that does not mean you can throw in whatever you want without rules, labels, and a serious plan to rein in that chaos. The physical box analogy works fairly well because we are by default acknowledging that there are limitations, there are boundaries, and those boundaries are helpful. They help to point us in the right direction of, and this is the key point of all of this, knowing what matters and letting the rest go. That's the point. The digital world has created this, I don't call it like a false reality, where we believe that because we have so much unlimited space, we can literally archive whatever we want. We could keep emails from 100 years ago, keep files from back when we were two years old, if you had digital files in year two, which you probably didn't. But you see my point. We have this this false belief that we can store everything, and because we can, we should. And I'm under the philosophy that that's wrong, (laughs) that that's not actually helpful at all. Yes, there are certain things we will archive, and I'll discuss that in a minute. Yes, there are things we're going to keep. But the vast majority of the stuff we keep, we don't need and we're never going to use ever again. And it has no value, not now, not ever. Maybe it did before, but it doesn't any longer. 
And with that in mind, let's now discuss how to actually organize your digital world. From my perspective, your digital junk drawer is equivalent to your file management system. So today we're not actually going to discuss email or task managers or calendars. Uh, Those concepts are kind of secondary to what this is. What a, a digital world is going to include for this conversation will be your digital files and folders, your digital notebook, perhaps. Of course, your checklists, your project management list might be included in those because there's a lot of overlap there. Really anything that is a digital dumping ground for all of your digital stuff. That's the goal here. Now, technically, for what I just said, your email, your task manager, your calendar, those are all what David Allen from Getting Things Done would call inboxes. It's a place where you could just drop stuff in to be processed later. And if you've heard my episodes before about a weekly review process, you know that a part of my review is to go back to those inboxes and clean them out to get to zero at least once a week, which is definitely an important factor and, and it plays a very you know, powerful role in being organized. But for this conversation, I want to focus this down to the files themselves, the digital files and folders, your cloud systems, the ones that become digital junk drawers. And that's what we're trying to avoid. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So, with that in mind, with that kind of focus... The first step in this process is to choose a cloud system that you love for your files and folders. I use Google Drive and have for many years. It's part of the Google Workspace business system, which is phenomenal. Uh, If you are an entrepreneur, freelancer, solopreneur, or even have a bigger company, Google Workspace is amazing. It has tons of great options, and the Google Drive component of that is fantastic. Of course, there's Dropbox and OneDrive and a thousand other services that exist. Uh, Choose the one that makes the most sense for you, the work you do, and that is intuitive for the way that you operate. The ultimate goal with any system you choose is consolidation. So one thing that I harp on quite a bit, especially when it comes to this concept of getting to zero, is that everything has a place. Everything belongs somewhere. Back to that example of this woman at the speaking engagement who had a desktop filled with possibly a thousand digital files. 
Well, she was not utilizing that concept of everything belongs somewhere. According to her, everything belongs in the desktop, which I just can't get over. So from that perspective, what I, when I say everything has a place, I mean that it does. And the majority of your stuff, the place for it is the trash can. That's the number one place it should go. And for the few things that remain, then those things can be properly organized and placed into a folder you can easily find later. We'll get to more of that in a minute. But the goal here of your digital cloud system is consolidation. So we're going to bring together your whole life. Hopefully, you can consolidate personal and professional. Uh, depending on where you work and, and the, the boundaries that, that your employer may set, uh, you may have a separate cloud account for all your personal stuff. So you could, in the future, shift jobs or employers and still maintain your personal system. That's fine as well. The goal here is just consolidation for like items in a singular location if possible so that you understand where everything is and it's organized in the most effective way for the way you want to, to go forward. The second component here is to organize your folders by priority. This is really the core of the whole discussion today. Back to that example of this woman with a desktop full of stuff. When she had a desktop with, let's say, a thousand files on it, how does she know what's important? How does she know which file to choose and when and why? The filtering of junk is extremely messy, right? If you go to a physical junk drawer and you say, I'm looking for my pen. Well, where's my pen? There's so many things here. I can't even find the thing I wanted because there's too much stuff in the way. So when I organize my digital stuff, my physical stuff, there's only one key idea that I want to keep top of mind, which is that anything that is current, anything that is relevant, anything that is recurringly helpful, those items are up front. And everything else, literally everything, is going to be thrown away, recycled, donated, trashed, or archived in a way that I can access it, but it's not going to be that easy to get to. It's intentionally a little bit harder to find. When you think about your regular life on a daily basis, there are only a few things you're actually using and everything else around you is just stuff you've accumulated, digital or physical, that's just kind of there, but you're not actually going to use it that often, right? If you look at, this is a good example here, go to your kitchen. How many cups do you actually use? How many silverware, uh, plates? How many things do you actually use? The answer is probably about 20% of what you own. Right, We tend to use a select few of those things on top. I know for me, the T-shirts that I wear uh, most days, I wear the same like two T-shirts. I wear it, I wash it, I wear it again, just over and over. Right, We tend to just lean on whatever's right there on top. And the rest of it's just stuff. So if you think of your digital life in that same way, the current stuff that's relevant, that's helpful, that you're going to access over and over again, well, those things go right up front. And everything else is either trashed or it's intelligently and meticulously archived for later. I say meticulously, that's extremely optional. I prefer it that way, but I feel like that gives me personally a greater sense of control over the potential enormous amounts of junk that I would have otherwise. All right, the third element here to clean up your cloud system are these kind of more open-ended guidelines. So these are, of course, everything here is optional. But these are things that have helped me a lot in the past and helped me today. Uh, the first guideline that I use is to avoid indefinite nesting. 
Now, nesting would mean like a folder in a folder in a folder in a folder. There's another file and another folder, right? It, it kind of goes back so deeply. It's nested so far that to physically go look for it would take forever. To go access it would be a real pain to do. Now, of course, the best cloud systems have searchability, which is the next real kind of a leverage point for you. You could make the argument that you could organize nothing, just dump everything into a big pile of nonsense and use the search feature to find the things you're looking for. There's a few problems here. The first is that the keywords you're looking for are relevant and available. So you have named the files appropriately. You have the, the keywords you need in the document if it can be searched at all. It becomes very complicated if you don't have amazing labeling on every single file and folder that winds up there. I use searchability with my email. I'm going to use a, a counter example to that. I actually do utilize this feature with all my emails. I have a single folder called complete. And when I'm done with an email, I put it in the complete folder if it wasn't already trashed. Right. So I either delete it or I move it to complete. And that's it. And then I search my complete folder for the things that I need when I need them. I only do that with email because I very rarely have to go back and access an email that's important. I don't need to organize my past emails. It's not that critical. But my past files, well, those aren't past at all. They're relevant, and I'm actively using them all the time. So the argument here is that nesting folders to an nth degree is cumbersome. But searching for things uh, can also be problematic because you can't seem to find what you need. So then what do you do? And the answer is, number one, you trash whatever you can. So what remains is a much smaller number of files. And then with those smaller number of files and folders, you only nest a couple of folders deep, right? Two, three, maybe four if you get a little frisky. And I have a few of those, which is fine. But if you catch yourself having too many folders inside of folders, then it may be time to reorganize, delete what you can, consolidate things better. I tend to have a review process like this about once every six months to go ask myself, are these files and folders organized intelligently? I just recently did a massive overhaul of my whole system, which is why this is so top of mind for me this week. This is an important discussion, though, because if you have that level of organization, if you've gone through that review process, that level of control that you feel is phenomenal. And if you don't, if you look at your digital file system, whatever you have, and you get an emotional reaction that is one of stress or overwhelm or exhaustion or just, oh, no, 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 run away. Right? If that's, that's how you respond emotionally, well, it's definitely past time for you to clean this stuff up. So the nesting concept is an important one because it plays into the searchability, it plays into labeling, it plays into the overall control elements. It's all based on this idea of here's what I want an ideal system to look like, I'll define it, and then I'll make that true. The next guideline is to use shortcut files and folders to reference data that you need now without having to move the original data. Shortcuts are amazing. I have only recently really tapped into that potential. So let's just fast forward. Imagine you have super organized your whole system. The files and folders are perfect. However, the things that you want to access on a regular basis are kind of buried a little bit in the system. We can use shortcuts to bring those things to the forefront right in front of, of the work that you do. If you first access the system, they're right there in front of you. Well, the shortcut will then access the original data while the original file or folder stayed 
where it belongs. It's still in place, but you have a faster reference to it. Like a bookmark would be on your browser to access a website. You didn't move the website. You just moved your reference to it. Same idea here. The more shortcuts you can use for your current projects to access those things, uh, I think the better you'll be uh, to stay more organized and then to have easy access to what matters. The third major guideline that I've used quite a bit is to number your folders to create custom lists. Now, when I say number your folders, I'm talking about the fact that most systems will automatically alphabetize your lists. Uh, By default, that tends to be the case, and to override the alphabetized list, you oftentimes have to get kind of fancy with using an asterisk or a number or some kind of a way to bring an item to the top of the list. The way that I choose to organize my files and folders is my folders are always on top and the files are beneath them, which is one way to do it, you know, to help acknowledge the files and folders being different. But beyond that, I like to number these things as well to make sure that I have these things in the order I want. Because once again, this is about customization. This is about control. This is about understanding the system that you are intentionally designing for yourself. So these kinds of guidelines can help as you go through this process. Now, this next section is about the actual cleanup. I want to shift into, okay, You've got a messy system. We can acknowledge that. It's time to do an overhaul. It's time for you to fix this mess. Well, I have a five-step system for you to do this. And these things work like a charm. These are the things that I use myself, and they're very, very effective. Step number one is to schedule a big block of time to clean up this current system. Depending on how messy it is, this could take a while. So you want to schedule enough time to truly dig deep and do this kind of work well. My system took me about three to four days to really work through, uh, but I was doing it part-time, you know, around my other work. And so it was the kind of thing where I wanted to give it, you know, my full attention, but my schedule didn't quite work for that. But if you can, devote a whole couple of days to just a deep dive into this, knock yourself out. That's going to be the most effective. That kind of deep work focus will produce the best results. Uh, If you don't have that in your calendar, then simply make sure this is a priority in smaller chunks over the next couple of weeks. The second major step is to schedule recurring blocks of time to optimize your system. The recurring nature of this is the system. This is one part that I think that people kind of fail to realize or at least fail to acknowledge often, which is that this process never ends. The cleaning up of this stuff never stops. As long as you're using your system, the system will continue to change. New files and folders will appear. Old ones will be deleted. This evolutionary change will always be happening. The fluctuation will always be happening. It's a living, breathing thing, right? It's like an organism that's always growing. And so it's going to require some attention on a regular basis to clean up and keep relevant. So for me, I tend to do this kind of thing every day in in little bits and pieces, Uh, But I like to schedule a recurring block of time to definitely address it. I said before is once every six months I do a deep dive, which is true. And I think that for the most part works pretty well. Of course, you could do it more often if you needed to. But at least once every six months to say, I'm going to schedule a few days to knock this out. And then as my daily life continues, if the system is well built, it's actually very easy to maintain. This is the real key here. The real trick to all of this is you clean it up once very intelligently and then every other cleanup after that, super easy. 
because you have a system, you have guidelines and rules to follow, and it's just pretty easy. It's very methodical to then roll through that and maintain the system you've built, and you have the opportunity then to take it to the next level and make even better choices. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. third big step here is to do the thing that I keep talking about, which is to trash everything, delete everything. Focusing, of course, on the biggest files and folders of things with the biggest data or the biggest amount of, of confusion for you. My focus tends to be here on the older or outdated projects. There's a real sticking point in this one because you may have an emotional attachment to your older stuff. And I totally understand that. I have a number of, of video files that I've kept for a long time just because I like them. I don't need them. I'm never going to use them, but I just like them. So they're, they're still there. So even I, you know, Mr. Organization here, I'm not doing this perfectly. There's plenty of room for flexibility, plenty of room for personal choice. But if you have old or outdated things you can get rid of, start there and get yourself trained to say no. It's a mental muscle that you need to develop over time to learn how to delete something swiftly, right? This is the key thing, to, to recognize the thing that has to go to say, this is trash, gone, move on. This is trash, gone, move on. The more you do that, the easier it gets. And then what will happen over time is that your big, you know, messy nonsense will all of a sudden become very small, very simple, very clean, and very organized. That's what we're going for here. The smaller and more simplistic your end result is, the more likely you've done this right. It can still be large if you have a bigger organization or a lot of things to manage, but it needs to be more intentional. The more you're going to manage, the more important it is to have a system that makes sense. Let's just use the example of a library. If you own four books, you don't need a library. You don't even need a bookshelf. Four books could sit anywhere. It's fine. There's no need for a system. If you have 400 books, you definitely need some bookshelves. That's a lot of books. If you have 4,000 books, you need a library, right? The more things you're going to manage, the more the organizational structures have to be robust to manage all of that stuff. And so, honestly, my personal perspective is drop it down to the smallest possible system that you can 
So you can just personally manage it without having a lot of extra help, let's say. Step number four is now to create the archive folders for everything old that you want to keep. I have just recently become more intentional with the archiving section because for a long time I kept things relevant. I would would call it relevant, but it wasn't. I was kind of uh, mislabeling these things, at least in my head, as far as thinking, well, oh, I I need this graphic design folder all the time. I I need access to that 24-7. No, I don't. I'm not doing design work every day. So for me, in this very you know weird example, my graphic design folder is now in my archive section. I'll only go to it when I need it. That's the goal here. You find something that you have been keeping top of mind incorrectly, and it's now time to make an archive section to put it there so you have it available. You can search for it. You can find it, but it's not right in front of you because there's just no need. In this sense, we are going to rely on the search features of these systems to dig into what we need when we need them. But for the most part, we're only going to be looking at and accessing the things that matter right now. And then the final step five is to organize all the things that remain. So assuming that you have deleted a ton of stuff, you've archived the things that are old, the only things left are the things that are current and important to you, and that will be a very small subset of your total digital system. If that's true... Hey, you've won. You just mastered this whole thing. You have focused on simplicity. You've hidden the things that don't matter. You've trashed the things that are gone. And all you have left is a smaller system you can maintain easily over time to really get to the ideal non-junk drawer. Now it's just a drawer, right? It's just a drawer to organize stuff. It's an awesome drawer. And the junk aspect is now removed. So the goal of the episode this week was to overhaul your digital junk drawer to the extent that you don't have one anymore. Yes, you'll have files and folders that will randomly appear over time, but once again, we're going to address that on a recurring basis to keep this system in tip-top shape. If you've done all those things, you've won. Congrats. All right, I'm now going to shift gears into the thing that I promised at the top of the episode, which was my update to my weekly review system. So I just recently released version 4.0 of my weekly review on the podcast in the last few weeks, and that episode was very important for the the latest iteration of how I review my systems. However, I missed something, or let's just say I changed something. So in that review, I included the transition of my digital notebook from the DevonThink app to Apple Notes. Well, in my new 4.1 update, if we're going to call it that, I am now using a different system for my digital notebook. So previously on the podcast, I talked about an app that I use that I love called Web Catalog. It's available on the Mac or PC, and it's called Web Catalog, W-E-B Catalog, one word. And what Web Catalog allows you to do is create apps for your computer based on specific URLs for websites. So you take a website that you want to make an app out of, and Web Catalog will do that for you. You can bring in your own custom image, and it can be right there on the Mac in your dock or on a PC right there available for you on your desktop if that's where you want to keep it. The point here is that you can create an app out of a URL. So what I have done is created an Inbox Mac app to replace my Apple Notes. And this Inbox app is tied to a URL on a Google Doc itself that's called Inbox. So I then attach a custom Mac image to it. And so what the end result of this is, is that in the dock on my Mac, 
I have an app called Inbox. I click on it, and what opens up is in the browser itself of the app is this Google Doc that is my inbox. This might sound overly complicated. I probably need a video to explain this. Uh, but long story short, I have super easy access to a Google Doc right there on my computer that I can then drop information into. So if you want quick and easy access to honestly any kind of a digital system like that, you can custom create a document that becomes an app so you have instant access to that all the time. That's an amazing uh, transition for me at this point because now, what if you look at the bigger picture here, I have just eliminated Apple Notes from the system and all that remains essentially are Google systems for all the digital note-taking and digital file management. So for me to overhaul my file management system, I want to use consolidation. And this allows that to be possible because everything's pointing in the same direction. It's all going to the Google system that I have predefined so I have easy access to it when I need it. That's the intention here is consolidation and simplicity so you understand your system and all the things you need are in one place. So I feel like the episode this week was a mouthful. It probably was. So I want to do a quick review of the core areas we discussed so you can really tackle this from the most intelligent way possible. And you may have to go back through this one and hear it again. That's fine. Uh, but let's just go through the review real quick. Number one, the cloud is not your friend. Unlimited storage is not the solution you think it is. Number two, you want to organize your digital world with a new system that has boundaries and labels and clarity and simplicity. Number three, you want to schedule recurring blocks of time to clean up your messy digital world, which of course is lots of work up front if it's pretty messy, but it's very easy over time, and that's the goal. And then finally, number four, if you want to use the web catalog app on your Mac or PC, you can create custom apps that are then tied to digital notebooks or a Google Doc or whatever the case may be. Um, for the web catalog app, I do have a link in the show notes page this week at jeffsanders.com slash 493, as well as links to other systems I discussed as well. So if that's all a ton, if, if you're just overwhelmed by all of this, if you're still here listening to me right now, um, congratulations, you survived a very technical episode. Um, going forward, I want to do more of these helpful episodes to bring about uh, systems that would allow you to clean up the mess that you may have right now. And so I would like to hear from you on what you're currently using. You can email me, jeff at jeffsanders.com. Uh, let me know what you use for a digital notebook, what you use for a Google or digital file management system. How do you organize your stuff? Where are your files and folders? How do you choose to organize them? Do you think that my ideas on searchability and nesting are stupid or are they awesome? I don't even know. What I know and what has worked for me is what's worked for me. And I continue to refine this process over time, which is why you see updates on this podcast. One thing that I'm committed to is the idea that whatever I'm doing now can probably be better. And in the future, I will make it better. I'm committed to that idea because I know that I gain more efficiency. I get more done. The digital world is no longer a stress-inducing you know, pain in my butt. It's just simply an awesome thing that I get to go use, do the thing I came to do, and get out. That's the ultimate end result we're going for here is because it's so simplistic and easy, I can use it, enjoy the process, make it quick and move on. That's productivity at its finest. Everything is efficient. Everything is clean. Everything is simple. 
And for the action step this week, clean up the cloud. Whatever you're storing in the cloud right now needs some undivided attention. So schedule time on your calendar today to address the biggest problem areas. Then schedule a recurring block of time to slowly optimize the smaller sections. It's unlikely you will complete this process in a weekend, so plan to make this a recurring habit. Clean it up once and maintain your awesome system forever. Once again, jeffsanders.com slash 493 is the place to go for the episode notes. And yes, subscribe to or follow this podcast in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And that's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.